Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. It's time to get your teach on. to another episode of the Get Your Teach On podcast. We've got several friends with us tonight. We are doing an episode today titled The Truths of GYTO. It kind of sounds mm. like, it sounds very deep, but it's Behind also, the scenes. It's, I mean, we're going to spill dun. all the tea that, no. Um, we wanted to do a deep dive into just some information about Get Your Teach On. We get lots of questions often yeah. um, from people just about our content, how our content is developed, how our conferences are organized. Um, all of that type of stuff. And I know on social media a couple weeks ago, we did a whole like GYTO 101 and gave a lot of background information and information that, especially if you're following us and you're new or you're not familiar with Get Your Teach On, um, just information that is helpful if you are interested in coming to a conference and how you are trying to, you know, show that it is research-based or what our methods are founded in and how we're built and established and all of those things. So we're going to dive into some GYTO talk today. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so I brought two of our team members, for lack of a better term, I don't even know, two of our really good friends, but been part of the Get Your Teach On team for a very long time. So please welcome to the podcast, Lanisha Tab and Chris Pombano. Welcome you two. Hey. Everybody have a good day today. We did. We did. Wow. I had a pretty good day. Awesome. <laughs> You're t- I know. Okay, let's let's just go ahead and give a tire check for everybody. Chris, one to a ten. How tired are you? Like eighty-seven point five two. Hey, I mean, you know, we all have those moments. Yeah, Lanisha, one to ten as normal. So okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Lanisha, I'm headed toward a, I'm headed toward a seven point five eight. Oh, I got a few yeah. more hours left. Yeah. Okay, Wade, how are you feeling? I'm with Lanisha. With Lanisha, yeah, I, I, I might with Chris. I might be at an eighty-seven point two. I don't even know. I did not sleep last night whatsoever. But you slept a lot better than me. Yeah, Wade's Wade's struggling today too. So, mm-hmm. so we'll go ahead and dive right in and get started. Well, I guess before that, Lanisha and Chris, um, I'm gonna let you guys just kind of reintroduce yourself. Y'all have been yeah. on the podcast before, who, and obviously, who are you? Where can we yeah. find you? But also, All just like things. what your role has been in Get Your Teach yep. On too. Ladies, ladies. Go ahead, Lanisha. Go ahead. Sure. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Lanisha Tab. Um, You can find me, um, well, it's education with an apron, but on all social platforms, it's apron underscore education. And um, I am just a teacher who has been, you know, in the classroom for the past 15 years. And I would just love to teach all day long wearing an apron because it had pockets, essentially. Um, Mm. I stepped out of the classroom this past, it hasn't even been a full year at this point. Um, And I have been exploring some other ventures. Um, You know, I'm an author and I've got a couple other things going on. And then my history of Get Your Teach On, I think my first Get Your Teach On was 2018, um, January in New Orleans. And I've just been rocking, yeah, rocking with the conference ever since. New Orleans, where everybody, if anybody's listening and you are at the New Orleans cop, that is where everybody got snowed in. Like, snowed in in yeah. the airport, snowed in in hotels, <laughs> couldn't get back to schools. That was 
that was a good time. That was, a, but we had a great time at um, the book party. It was, it was a lot of fun, yes. but we got snowed in. All right, Chris. Chris has been here since the dawn of the dinosaurs. Practically. The dinosaurs. So get your teach on. Um, what's up? I'm Chris Bombano. I've been with Get Your Teach On um, from our first conference. Um, the first conference, I was actually an attendee and helping out um, behind the scenes um, as things got started. And then I've been with the conference ever since as a presenter and serve as creative director. So kind of helping with big vision um, of the conference and the brand and how things are looking and um, helping bring team members on and all the things to kind of create the experience of what Get Your Teach On is now. Um, so I've kind of seen it from the beginning to the growth now and everything in between. Um, so that's kind of where I come from with that. All right. Yeah. And obviously you both bring a unique, uh, style, a unique, uh, skill set to get your teach on. And we are obviously so, so grateful for both of you for taking the time out of your families, out of your school, out of everything that you do to serve educators. So from the bottom of our hearts, obviously Hope and I are a married couple, but you are not married to us, but we know we could call on you to do anything. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty amazing, though. Um, we didn't know it was going to get emotional tonight. We, we, didn't know it was gonna, we thought we were here to have some fun. We didn't realize it was going to get all deep. Um, all right, so we're going to dive into some questions. Here's how we kind of curated this list of questions. I reached out to our Get Your Teach On community and asked you guys specifically what questions you wanted answered about Get Your Teach On, what you would like to know more information about, if you had any um, even like questions of just like misconceptions or I thought this or I have never heard the process for how you make this happen or whatever you guys wanted to know we said that we would discuss on this podcast so Wade is going to kind of get us get us rolling with these questions and oh, then yeah. we're going to dive into to the answers that's a right Q&A style. yeah this is going to be this is going to be fun so may, hopefully this will be a one episode, but it may be two episodes. We shall see. So the the first question that we kind of threw out there was, like, uh, obviously uh, our presenters, we love and adore them, and they are just so knowledgeable. Most of them, all of them, I would say, what, 80% of our presenters are classroom teachers, current classroom teachers. But a lot of people um, want to know, like, how do we stay current? Um, how do our presenters stay current with what's going on in the school systems when um, some of them are not in the classroom? So is there a disconnect there? Who wants to take the lead? I feel like this is going to be every question. Like, all right, guys, who wants to start? <laughs> so feel free to dive. Can, feel free to dive yeah. in. We don't, we don't have to have any rules. Y'all just go. Okay. I can jump in just from my personal viewpoint of that. Um, the way I see it, Having just been in the classroom, I can fully understand, um, you know, that mindset uh, or, you know, that that chain of thinking. Um, I think for me, being out of the classroom, I would not dare try to present on topics that are directly connected to current, um, you know, trends that I have not had a hand in. So, for example, I would not, even though I've taught in the pandemic all last year, I would not stand up and feel comfortable personally, you know, presenting on like classroom management or something else that's very like, you need to be in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. But the way I see it, um, content is content on the other side of that. So like the reading strategies, all of the, the writing strategies that I present on social studies that I've been doing for years, um, that 
in my opinion, is is still solid, right? So all of the, you know, social studies stories and history and the things that I've been, you know, curating and practicing over the past 15 years, for me, that would just be devastating if I were, you know, told that I could no longer share those things um, that I have been doing day in and day out for 15 years um, because I'm not currently there. And um, it's just... Like I said, it's one of those things where I can definitely understand the concern there. Um, and then, you know, just the, the sort of the other thing that I think about it is I think because the conference is so um, we're so visual and accessible, the rules aren't really the same for us where like here's an example. A lot of the books that, you know, teachers use reading strategies, writing strategies. If you look at so many of the authors of those books that we live and breathe by so many of those people have not been in the classroom for decades, right? They just haven't. So that's what I'm saying. But like, you don't really think about it because they're not often in your face on Instagram, on, you know, and so it may not feel as accessible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or look at the college professors who are teaching children, or, um, you know, college kids, how to be teachers right now. So many of them have not touched a classroom. So I, I guess my point there is there's just a ton of similar things happening but because a conference is way more um visual i think yeah. it would appear right. that this is way more um you know inappropriate i guess mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know i i agree with all of that and i have you know several feelings just about this in general and it's not even so much from um and i'm glad that you hit on like the conference perspective of it for sure um but you know it's it's especially since covid right so many things have changed mm-hmm. since this covid season and I mean, I talk about this openly and I talk about it honestly, and we've had a lot of conversations here, but I I will talk about it anywhere. I feel like there has been so much divisiveness in education just since COVID period, right? Where we're starting to hear a lot more about, you know, that type of uh, teachers leaving the classroom and whatnot. Um, For me, it's several things. First of all, is I am like, from my own perspective, and even my perspective when I was in the classroom, you know, actively is... First of all, I'm not going to shame anybody for doing it, for like leaving the classroom or staying in the, like, it's all about, there are so many roles in education that mm-hmm. it does not have to be limited to just a classroom. And I know one of the biggest things that I would always say and think as a teacher is, you know, especially when it came to different things is a lot of like the professional development that we were receiving was from people who had never been in the classroom. Right. And that's where I'm like, now to me, at 100%, it's kind of like what you were talking about, Lanisha. I'm like, mm-hmm. if they have never fully experienced a class, like we've even had conversations just about like higher ups, right? Like leaders in mm-hmm. school systems and a lot of them never having been in a classroom, maybe some form of education background, but never being in a classroom. That's where I had a very dif- difficult time connecting. But the reality is, is people are going to transition out of the classroom for many Mm -hmm. different roles to be able to impact even more students and not, I don't say that in a way that's like taking away from, we all know that classroom teachers are the heart and soul of education 1000%. We all know that, but people have to transition out to be able to assume those higher level roles, to be able to assume other positions, to be able to do trainings, to be, there is no way, I know like for all of us, um, obviously traveling, we've all discussed this often. I am not going to be able to do what I do if I'm in the classroom because that means I would have to leave a school. And I am not going to do that to my kids, to the parents of the school, to the other teachers in the school. Like there's Mm -hmm. just several sides to those things. And so, you know, as teachers grow, evolve, change, 
change positions, do other things. I think that we really have to look at education from a holistic, holistic perspective as far as like the roles that people are assuming. But Lanisha, you're exactly yeah. right from the conference perspective. I, I'm like you, I'm not number one gonna pretend that I'm in the classroom for anybody. And I'm certainly not gonna talk as an expert if I have not experienced that myself. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, strategies are strategies yeah. and that content is still very solid. Yeah, so. and it's, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it, it kind of goes to this next part, Chris. I mean, th this was another question that popped up, but they go hand in hand. I mean, um, when, when, when you're assuming that there's a huge disconnect because presenters aren't in the classroom and whatnot, and I, I love Lanisha's answer with that. I mean, that hits the nail on the head there. Um, not to uh, discredit the fact that most of our presenters are in the classroom, but the, the other part to it, like the, the meat to it is, how do we even select what type of content we're going to present? And that's something that you were touching on, Lanisha, and you were touching on Hope about, hey, I, what, what, we're going to serve our educators, we're gonna serve our attendees with what they need right now in the moment. Yes, we may not be an expert in that, but someone else might be that's part of our team. So my question to you, Chris, is how do we, how, how do we develop that content uh, to be presented at these conferences? Yeah, um, I wanna have one more thing before we move on to the new question. But I think the same thing like a college professor, when you go to college, you're going to a university to learn everything about your profession, whether you're in education or the medical field, those people are not actively in the field anymore. They've been in the field, they know what they're talking about, and now they want to kind of grow and help more in their same field. I think that's the same thing for a lot of our presenters. I think there's presenters on our team that are out of the classroom or not in a school currently or not in a physical teaching role currently. It's not like they were like, peace out, I'm gonna be a beauty blog vlogger and I'm gonna still <laughs> present on education and I'm not in the field, right? They're still working in education. I mean, some, maybe. I don't we wouldn't know. be mad at it, you know? Is this okay? I mean, That's yeah, what they want to do. I, 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 I saw the video of this. I could use some tips. So. I've been um, trying to actually talk Lanisha into doing that for a long... I've begged her for her makeup tutorials. So, Lanisha, if we, could, if we could get on that, okay? <laughs> but these are people who are still have a passion and are, are in education, right? So, if they're putting their time every day into education, working with schools, building content... Lanisha, for example, when she said she was coming out of the classroom for this year... We could not be more excited for her because she's built a writing course for teachers. She's built a writing course for kids. She's written three books that are in classrooms everywhere, right? These are things that couldn't have happened if she was still every day in the classroom. And we celebrate. We're not going to say, oh, you're not in the classroom. You're, you can't be on the team. We're, we're celebrating those people because they're contributing so much to education. And I'm just grateful for those people still to learn from them. And they do a lot of the work that we can't do when we're in the school. So, someone has to put in that work in time. And it's impossible. If every single person was in the classroom, the conference would not happen the way it was with content, with session. It would not happen. It would be impossible to run and not sustainable at all. Um, yeah. So I think the balance is perfect for what we're doing. But going back to Wade's question, because um, I digress a little bit. But what we do for <laughs> conferences is every year we want new content, fresh content that's relatable, that's on target for what teachers are going through in their schools currently. Um, so we kind of start with what Hope talked about asking teachers, asking administrators, asking coaches, what are your pain points right now? And then we fill our content sessions for that specifically, um, which I think is really unique compared to other educational conferences um, that I've been to in the past, where it's kind of a little bit of everything, nothing really connects, and you kind of choose whatever you want. And the presenters are saying, this is what I have to offer. This is what I have to offer. We make the content first, 
and create this overall vision of this is how it's going to be aligned. This is how it's going to be aligned by grade levels. This is how it could be aligned in strategies, content, research. And then we find presenters who are experts in that content to fill those gaps. Now, sometimes that means that presenters who maybe you saw at nationals one year had every single session because that's what the need was. The next year, maybe that's not, they don't have a session to fill when they're submitting session ideas and that's okay. They might be there in support. They might not even be a part of the conference at all. That doesn't mean they're out of get your teach on or not participating. It's just that <laughs> we create the content first and create sessions first. And we have all this lined up and we say, okay, for um, enrichment and teaching gifted students, who is an expert in the field that we can ask to create a session just for that? Because we know that's what people are looking for. When it comes to filling academic gaps and progress monitoring, who is doing work in that right now that we can do instructional coaching? Mm -hmm. We fill those gaps with presenters who are knowledgeable on that topic, not just give a session to someone because they have, they want to present that session. It's right. kind of content first, and then we fill it with presenters. So sometimes that means that we have new presenters that we need to bring on, or that sometimes that means that old ones don't fit a mm -hmm. gap anymore because either they don't have the um, capacity with their workload to create a new session, or they're just not the expert in that that we're looking for at that time. So that's kind of how we create sessions and then tie it to presenters um, instead of the other way around. I mean, it would be so much easier the other way around. Right? It would be so I mean, like, oh my gosh. So easy. Yeah. We it would just know. like, hey guys, anyone want to present a session? Sign up, here it is, and go, oh. right? That's not, that's not, if you've been to get your teach on, you know it's not like that. Everything kind of ties together. Um, and Nationals this year, I think, does that even more than ever before. It does. Um, which I'm really it's excited very, about yes. because we were it's very great. intentional about that connection mm -hmm. and alignment and mm -hmm. making sure that what leaders get is what the teachers get, is what the coaches get, and it goes K-12. Um, but it would obviously be much easier to say, anyone want to do a session? And then just fill it with random sessions that don't go together. But I mean, how many goes. times, like, Lanisha, did me and you and Amelia have to go back to the drawing oh, board because we could not find a fit a or they weren't available oh my gosh yeah yeah it's kind of devastating actually if people knew what went into that process and like we're yeah. just able to sit one-on-one -on -one with us while we did that months and yeah. months and weeks of back and forth and okay now what are we going to get to who can we find as an expert oh my gosh I mean like I would literally text Lanisha and Amelia like crazy. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> but we do, I mean, we do feel so passionately about making sure that it is not just content that is thrown together, but it is number one, an experience, but number two, that it is like Chris said, I think that that connection piece is what we're all so big about is that everything truly supports one another versus us like having a conference where you have to decipher, like, again, kind of like Chris said, what am I going to go to? What am I going to take from this? Sometimes the, the messaging can get confusing and then you feel more overwhelmed because it's like, well, wait, this person said this about reading and then this person said, and this person said this and this person, and it's like, what do I even do now? We yeah. want to make sure that that's why the timeliness is so important. What are you needing right now? And then we develop content specifically for that. So Yeah, and especially with content, like Hope said with reading, all of our presenters who are doing a session on reading have collaborated on their session, so everyone's on the same page. Same thing with math, same things with middle school, same thing with high school. So that bridge and that connection is super important for their sessions. So if there's not someone who's willing to kind of build that together on the team, then obviously there's not going to be a spot um, there because it truly is a team collaborative effort. Um, yeah. Amelia does a great job leading all our presenters in their mm -hmm. content creation, yes, she does. Um, along with Lanisha for our K12 friends. And they're meeting bi-weekly, 
sometimes every week just to collaborate and make sure that everyone's on the same page about we're teaching reading, but how are we going to do this? So everyone's on the same page with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's also just, just really unique about just our GYTO family um, is that everyone kind of knows what you, you hear often, like, you know what you're really good at, but you know what you're not good at. Right. Um, <clears throat> and in our case, it's the reverse. We, I think most of our presenters and, and our teachers and our GYTO presenter family, they're like, I cannot do this before they'll say I can do this. And that's a, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Like what if the world was like that? What if the world looked at themselves and they were like, Oh, I'm going to pass this off because I know this person can kill it instead of just trying to pretend like they know what they're talking about. And so, um, that's phenomenal. And th those are great answers to that. And you, you kind of already touched on this already, but uh, the, the next question was, how does the presenter process work? And we hit the nail on the head there, Christopher. Way to go. Well, you know, I mean, I do think that we can, and Lanisha can speak to this too for like K-1-2 yeah. area, um, Amelia too as well, because she's a big part of that team and, you know, finding, selecting presenters, if that's what you want to call it. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely evolved. I think for sure from when we were a small, tiny conference to now growing bigger, being able to serve more grade levels, being able to serve specialty areas, you know, having lead on as part of the process. Um, initially, you know, it was just a matter of a lot of us had connected and we had similar vision and we were like, all right, let's go with this core group, right? Let's, let's go and see what we can do in this conference business, right? Let's well, see and, how we can and, serve. And remember, like, you have a pulse, you have a pulse, you're going <laughs> to remove these things, you're going to set up these tables, you know your content. Here we go. That's Grab right. a microphone and this is how we're going to do it. That's how I mean, if, if, if Are you willing to carry five large totes Chris with materials? Then you, can, then you can be a presenter. That is true. But re <laughs> remember at the beginning, remember at the beginning though, it was like, this, this was a conference that, that we wanted just to do. That we were like, this is what we have found effective in teaching and education. And if you want to be part of this and if you want to come, great. Like that's what and those are the presenters that came on board with us. Yeah. And it was I mean, but well, I mean, it wasn't just like an all call, like open call, like, hey, anybody that wants to do that's not how it kind <laughs> no, of worked. But I but mean we, we weren't but that's what you're making it sound well, like a little bit. Let me, like, let me, let me, let me put a let me, let me put an ad in the newspaper and say, Hey, anybody who feels this classified ads. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would sound like that. So any, let me get back to where I was going with this. Okay. Um, but initially we did start with the core group. Like so many of us had made connections at other conferences or through collaborating on pro like Amy and I have been collaborating on creating and designing curriculum, very similar to like Lanisha and Naomi and how, you know, you have those connections that you make where you just know that your visions align. And that's, that's kind of what we started with. And that's when we were a super small conference we started off K through three. No, K through two, three. It was just K1 and two, three, and that was it. Um, and now as we've grown, as we've evolved, obviously, and being able to serve so many more educators, I think that it looks completely different each time. I mean, to be there's lots of different ways that we find and, you know, um, get people to, to join the Get Your Teach On team for a specific conference based on the content. And I know that this time specifically, um, our sessions are so specific. Like you're talking about science of reading. Not everybody is going, not everybody number one is going to be skilled in science of reading, but then you're talking about somebody that's skilled in science of reading, but that is also a skilled presenter 
in science of reading. They can actually deliver the content in an understandable job. Because listen, there are lots of people who are so honest about the fact that they're an amazing teacher. They are like, I'm not made for being a presenter. Because that is just a teaching. The teachers teaching adults is just so different. Um, but this time, so we sat down and we looked at content first, and then we started looking at experts in that content. And then, honestly, like we've even had, um, like Katie Hovell, she is part of our pre-K team. She reached out to me so many times on social media and she's like, Hope, just want to let you know, I'm very interested in doing pre-K. If you ever need anybody, if you ever need anybody. And I'm like, Katie, thank you so much, but we're just not there yet. When we can do that well, I, I will, con and sure enough, it eventually got to that point and now Katie is part of the pre-K team. She's amazing, she's incredible. Some of the presenters are have been mentors of ours for years, like Leonard Galloway with Wade, that was um, who he co-taught with. Um, so they stem from, really far distant back way back when relationships as well people as that you've taught with current trailblazers and people who are you know again establishing themselves in a certain field um so i think that there's lots of ways that we really build a team for a conference i don't know lanisha because you, you do so much with like the k1 early primary um mm -hmm. piece of that yeah well and honestly I feel like on this particular podcast, I can speak to the outsider looking in before I joined. And I know back then it did appear, you know, like, oh my gosh, they got together with their best friends and they put on a conference. Cool. You know what I mean? And so it was very easy to just assume that like you have to be friends with them in order to rock with them. Right. Then I got a DM one day and the thing that I really enjoyed was I had been putting out my own passion into the world, um, you know, just sharing stuff at that time, maybe getting what, 40, 50 likes on a post, you know, whatever, that's fine. You know, I was just, I was, cause I was doing it for me. Right. And then doing that enough, I guess my content caught eyes. Right. And like, you guys came to me in that spirit of, we love what you're doing. We see this. Would you be interested in sharing that with other teachers? And at first I was like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so coming on, being able to see what I was going to say earlier, hope is exactly what you said. I think that people now can look at get your teach on and assume that it's this zipped up, you know, CEO business where, and I'm like, I have watched them grow this thing from me and the homies, like bringing in the, the, the you know, the totes and, and setting up this conference to like, now it looks much more like a business. But I think a lot of the processes that I have watched over the years have evolved slowly. And so as an outsider now looking in, it would be like, well, I don't know how they pick presenters. And, and I'm like, y'all don't know behind the scenes, we're trying different stuff all the time. <laughs> it's oh, literally like, oh, have you seen this person? Have you seen what they put out? Oh my gosh, you know, like that's so cool. But it's also been the very quiet teacher that one of us caught wind of mm -hmm. that's amazing and is doing some really cool stuff that we pull in. And, you know, so it's like a question where there is no real answer in my opinion because yeah. it has evolved and changed. And even as, you know, someone who tries to have eyes for K-1 talent, um, it is a tricky thing, like you said, to find the, the person that A, wants to present, B, you know that they know their stuff, C, you know, like they've got that quality. It is, it's a tricky combination. Um, and so, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that would be my thing is just there's not really an answer to it because it has changed and evolved over the years. Yeah. And, you know, another kind of stemming question from this is just, you know, a lot of people have said, and we've seen it on social media and I'm not 
I don't hesitate to address any any of these types of things, but oh, you have to have you have to be an educational influencer to present, right? And uh, I wish everybody could see Chris's face on the video. <laughs> What? Like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> I don't like. I get maybe sixty likes on a photo. Like, who cares about who cares about that? Like, well, these I think days, at one time, I, I, I think at one time, like maybe I don't even know. Six, seven years ago, that was like the thing, right? Like, I agree. Gonna, I agree. Like, you're gonna create a blog, and then you're gonna create an Instagram, and you're gonna post all your like craftivities and all these things that you're doing, and you're gonna do it, and you're like. Please get to five thousand followers. Please get to five. Please get to five. Oh my gosh! I'm at five thousand point one, and then like you're ready to like blow up the giant gold balloon of the number five because you got there. That is like not a thing. I don't think I. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and because I'm older, but I don't feel like that's a thing anymore. And that's definitely not something that we look for behind the scenes. Um, the well, well I mean, was that and that and the fact that like Instagram is is dead. Like I'm like, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, can you please go like my post? Please go like my. <laughs> it's probably a Maverick. Please go like my. <laughs> Does that make me an influencer if I'm begging for likes? I'm just wondering that, if that. I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, what are you influencing an educate like an educational influencer? I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird. I mean, I do think there are influencers in education, and I do think that anybody that's on a. Podcast, I think every educator is an influencer. Yes, like, if you're teaching, you're influencing the field. Like, if you're sharing what you're doing, you're like. All the time, I see people on Instagram or TikTok. If I scroll through TikTok, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I want to try that at my school or in my classroom or things like that. Everyone can do it. It doesn't matter how many followers. It doesn't mean things like that. Um, one example when Ladisha was talking is Jonathan, who's doing our SEL for middle and high school. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was just Facebook friends with him like randomly. Like We grew up in the, like near our hometowns on Long Island. And I just followed him. Didn't even know he was in education. Didn't even know he was a teacher. And he started recently sharing a lot more content about SEL and student well-being, especially in middle school and high school, um, and things that he would be doing with his staff and students. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Not an educational influencer, nothing going on there. Screenshotted it, sent it to the team. Like this would be really powerful for middle and high school because it's happening and and it's something that we other people would want to see, right? So that's kind of what we're looking for. But obviously if they came from an educational influencer type, I'm putting that in quotes, you can't see me, but educational <laughs> background let's say it's because they were sharing what they were doing so it got attention yes. it's not because like if you're in your classroom doing great things but you're not sharing it out with anyone how is anyone from our team gonna say oh my gosh they should join the we're not no one's gonna know right like that so it may seem that they're coming from big followings or some people who always share stuff on instagram but that's how we found them to start if that makes sense mm-hmm. because yeah, they were sharing say- out what they're doing Say what Lanisha's doing her lip tap with her finger, so I know she has something really good to say too when she does that. It's uh, that's when I always know Lanisha has something really? good to say. No, I but she, I think she I was do. hyping me up. I felt I felt a high. I did not know that, that about myself. <laughs> yeah, I, that's when I, I can tell that you. I'm like, oh, Lanisha has something. Wow. Good to say. No, I really was just hyping Chris up. I was like, I was like, that's the one. No, because you and I have talked about this a lot about why did they get to that number? Why do they have that kind of, you know, following? Exactly. I mean, there are some exceptions, but a lot of times if they have huge followings, 
it's because they are putting out awesome content. Like people want to be there. Heidi um, is a wonderful example of that. Like I was following Heidi years ago. I watched that girl's account more than double over the last, I don't know how many months because she has been, I mean, reading tip after reading tip after reading tip. And now all of a sudden she is the go-to person for that. Of course that's going to catch up, you know, and it's not to say that those are the only, and that's what I like about the way things are done here because that's not the only way to get on. Yeah. But that is a way when we sit down at a table and we're like, who do we know that can do this? <laughs> if you're putting out this awesome content, of course your name yeah. is probably going to come up. So people have big followings because they put out good content. Now, like I said, there are exceptions to that, but that's a, I mean, we can't you know lie and say that that's not a big part of it, but it's because of them, not just because they're popular, it's their content. But I'm going to be honest when I say we've had people, when I say, who do you want to see present? And people will suggest people with large followings. We will go look at their accounts and we'll be like, but what do, what they, do, do? they do? Right. Yeah. But what, what, and it's not, I mean, not again, not taking away from the fact they're probably a phenomenal teacher, mm -hmm. but it's like, but what, what do they do? Like, what is their expertise? What is it that they would bring or what are, to, or yeah. what's original to yeah. them? What, yeah. what do they have that other people already don't have? But the other part of it is. I mean, yes, we're, we're going to look at these individuals who are out there, put just like Chris, Lanisha, and Hope, all three of you said, these people are putting things out there, great content. At the end of the day, this is a teaching conference. And so these people are going to be presenting in front of other people, right? Yeah. And so whether it's a blog or it's a book or it's a social media, whatever they're doing, they are presenting their content via the interwebs whatever that looks like right yeah. and so obviously we're going to be attracted to that it doesn't matter what what their numbers are if they're presenting content they obviously want to present and so that's why we look at those individuals too yeah so i mean i think we i think we covered it but yeah i mean yeah. that is something that is very we are incredibly intentional about and we have continued to grow and build a team that we have a lot of voices at the table it's not just you know I, I don't know if it comes across that hope and wait or choosing all the presenters and it like you said Lanisha I could completely understand that at the very beginning mm -hmm. because we were so you know connected to a lot of those people and they were very good friends of ours but listen you've also got to have good friends who believe in your vision at first to yes. get anything going and that just happened to be you know we had really good friends yep. Who believed in the vision and they backed it and so but also that content at the very beginning was very small and it was very specific and yeah. so when the content is a niche whatever it is you're able to be selective yeah. with who you have but at the beginning that's ex that's exactly it yeah mm -hmm. yeah right. and also i think going oh, back to what oh we're saying like looking like it's a group of best friends it is turning it is as you work with these people all the time and you see each other in this yeah. environment like Lanisha and I, we didn't even know each other from a hole on the wall before Get Your Teach On, like didn't even follow each other. And now she's one of my best friends. And that's because of this experience, right? And because yeah. of Get Your Teach On, we wouldn't have had that. So it's not like, if it looks like we're friends, well, we are friends too, because of what we're doing and the work. Like we sit on Zoom calls three times a week and then get to hang out every so often at a conference. Like those people have become my best friends through this experience. So that, that is also true in the end. Like everyone is very similar to a school. Content, I mean, because we're planning be content. Like, yeah. It's very yeah. similar to a school. I mean, for sure. And you know, I mean, a lot of us have very close tight friend groups and then we have people that we, you know, celebrate and encourage and support, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they're, we're all best, best friends, but it's just no. like a school system. It's that's not how it's going to operate right. just because of, you know, distance and how often we see each other, but personalities, I mean, and personalities like, for I sure. Mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, 
It is what it is. But, but it is, yeah. I mean, I will say, I will always say this, Get Your Teacher on Team is just the best of the best people in the world. I mean, I will stand by that mm-hmm. every day. Like, it's just the best of the best people. I mean, they're just humans. Human, not even educator-wise, just like right. people and their heart right. and their spirit and their vision for educators. So, so next one is... Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about conferences. This is a big question that we get. And again, happy to discuss it. Happy to, you know, answer or provide any insight. Um, but conferences specifically and the pricing of them, obviously we are in the <laughs> world of, <laughs> obviously we are in the world of education and we all know let's educators do not make a lot of money. Like we did not get into this profession for the money or the fame. We got into it for the summers off. That's what I always say, right guys? That's why we did yeah, it. Of course. Summer, yeah, why not? Summers yeah. off. Okay. That'll, we'll go with that. Um, no, but 11 days, 11 days. Uh, oh, is that what you get? Chris 11 that's, days, that's buddy, terrible. man. Yeah. That, make it make those 11 days count um you know i will king. <laughs> but pricing of conferences one of the biggest questions that i had that i saw over and over again is why do conferences seem so expensive oftentimes making them inaccessible for um educators so um i will just dive into this from a logistics behind the scenes standpoint because um chase mayo primarily handles our event logistics and our event planning that is if anybody's been to get your teach on you've probably met chase or if not you can go to the recent reel that we had with the grade level shirts and he is wearing the, the high school shirt mayo. <laughs> oh boy oh. <laughs> who lanisha lovingly refers to as yes, bayo um who is texting me right now, um, as a matter of fact. So let me turn on my do not disturb on my computer so you don't hear all my text messages going on. so is Todd. Um, Our whole team texts us all the time. Leave me alone, people. Um, No, but logistics side, again, this is just something that we are fully transparent about, happy to be transparent about it, um, because I recall specifically one time walking up to a table as we were cleaning up. Remember back in those days, Chris, when we were Magic this Squad? Was in, this was, speaking of New Orleans, this was in this New Orleans. That's I how remember much, this. I remember this like it was yesterday. That's how traumatic it was for us, is we remember exactly where it was. I thought, I thought it was, I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was hilarious, but okay. maybe traumatic, traumatic for, you, for me. I, I thought um, it was so funny. But any Lanisha, you're gonna know what I'm talking about because we've talked. She's like, wait, this what are you guys talking about? I thought this was the bachelor tell all because there's like really good stories. <laughs> um, this is a but good. This is a good walked one. up at that point in time. I think our conferences were 375. Um, walked up to the table and there was 375 multiplied by the number of attendees that had attended the conference. And then a total sum of the profits that are what they assumed was the profits that we brought in for the conference. Written That's on what, the tablecloth. Written, written on the tablecloth. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Like, oh, I there's no what? hotel fees How or materials. never told you that? I did not know that. Oh my yes. gosh. And shout I'm out so, if you're listening. Shout out if you're yeah, listening. Shout out to you. Great handwriting. You have great handwriting. Thank you for literally giving me a new trigger in life. Um, no, but when I saw that, I was just like, oh, do, wait. Do people truly just think that, like, we are bringing in the total sum of the tickets <laughs> and then, like, just, like, sitting on it, dividing it? Like, I'm not sure where they thought all my, that money. My thinking at the time was, okay, this is an actual teacher <laughs> who probably teaches math word problems. How in the world do you think it is that simple? Like, no. That would be amazing, actually. Um, Good night of living. without going into, like, hours of detail, because we could have a whole podcast episode just about the logistics side of planning a conference. Um, 
And that's, Lord, you don't want to know. You will lose sleep at night, okay? Well, we have food and beverage minimums that we have to do. And Chase texted us. That was one of the texts just now. But but listen, a gallon of coffee, and you have to get a certain amount of liquids at these conferences. It's in your contract. We just found out a gallon of coffee. At the national conference, no, is we didn't just find out. No, he just texted. It's, I know, but I've known to, this forever. Is, well, it's up to a hundred and sixty-eight dollars. That's how much. Because a can of Pepsi is nine dollars. Here's how it works. Every hand that it touches, because of labor, yeah. you have to pay that per. Like you have to pay yeah. for that person. So that's why everybody's probably like, "That's highway robbery." Exactly. If we, we wanted yes, to make all the is. money, we would open a hotel and open a conference facility because that's where the money is made folks um because it does cost so much and literally nine dollars for a coke it used to be 75 dollars for a gallon of coffee post covid is now 168 dollars at our specific venue you have specific food and beverage minimums that you have to meet even if you do not um feed attendees and feeding attendees if y'all want to eat lunch at our conference we might as well raise the ticket price if it's 168 dollars for a gallon of coffee can you imagine how much a lunch would be per person like it is just insanity what these places charge for that and those are the side of things yeah and that's not even then you have to also pay for a specific room block for everyone to be able to open those rooms up um then you have to pay for sound equipment production like insurance there are just so, the inner you have to pay for internet to be able to even have internet at the venue like there are so many expenses it is just it's wild it is truly wild confetti fee you have to pay to clean up <laughs> confetti like literally it, if you're going to do confetti you have to pay for somebody to clean it up One of the things that I am the proudest of, I mean, this is a humble brag or a brag or whatever, but it speaks to who Get Your Teach On is because this isn't, when I say we've made this decision, this is not a hope decision. This is a team decision, like an internal team. But our biggest fee has and will always be our presenters. And that has always been a priority. If we have to forego something, we have to forego something. But our biggest fee is always our presenters because we do work so hard to bring in experts in the field and we value what they bring to the conference and their knowledge so much. And so that has always been a huge priority for us. So just saying all of that, but then also I want to point out that when people act like it's expensive, I do understand that it is expensive, right? When it, especially when it's coming out of your pocket personally. And so many people sure. pay personally yep. to come to get your Absolutely. teach on. And it just literally, I, I understand the sacrifice of that. And it's just mind-blowing to me every time. But that's why we value you so much. And that's but, why we want to do our best. And that's why we want this conference right. to be everything and more than what you paid for it. But I went and priced out just, you know, educational conferences. And most everything that I saw was $450 and above. You have $995 conferences. Um, but that's just education. I feel like, you know, in education, we obviously try to keep things as, as accessible as possible. But Chase was telling us that the dental, this is what's wild, is the dental association that has a conference right before us. Um, it's, is At the Gaylord. It's, yeah, and it's, two, it's a two-day conference. It's $5,199. If you just want to go to the keynotes, just the keynote, it is $749. That's it. Now, dentists obviously make more money. Understand, like, that, yes, I'm right. I mean, I guess. I still think that's insane. Insane. But we truly do everything within our power to keep it as accessible as possible for everyone. We understand that you have to pay travel. We understand that hotel does not, you know, fall into that. But we do everything we can to bring you high-quality professional development 
at the most affordable price. I mean, if you based on what you heard with the conference and the venue, if that doesn't make things clear, then oh my gracious, I don't even know. But that's that's just kind of how the logistics yeah. sides. Work. I mean, our national conference is what is priced at what Hope. Five seventy-five for four days. Five seventy-five for four days. Yeah. Right. So. Um, that is. So guys, we try. We try very try hard to make hardest. it as accessible to everyone as possible. Um, let's see. Last question is: How come many of the original presenters are no longer presenting? I mean, so, we kind of touched on that. We did a little bit. A little but, bit. Chris did for sure. I mean, obviously, but, yeah. you know, some of the core group that we used to have. I mean, there's been a lot of reasons. It's kind of like presenters. Like, there's no one surefire answer to this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, first of all, nosy. Like, who who's asking these? Who wrote these questions? <laughs> who on Instagram? Give me their handles. I I want to like hang out with all of them and have coffee and be like, what? Like, wh- who has time to think of this? You're but so silly. I think. I mean, it's true. I mean, just saying. But I think like people move on for different seasons, right? People want to do different things. If they don't, if there's not a need for them, then they can go and do whatever they want to do. We're never going to beg someone to be like come back and do that session again. Also, a lot of the original sessions that we had, they are not relevant to what we're doing right now, like we talked about, right? So if someone is saying, hey, I can present on this and only this, they're not going to have a spot in the conference, unfortunately, because we're trying to fill a content gap to give the best experience possible for teachers. So sometimes that means that people move on or they do other things or and that's fine with us and they're very honest and very open about what they want to do and they can't fill that gap and they can't create a new session they only want to do the one session and then that's okay they can do that elsewhere or whatever they want to do but um i don't know i think it's a strange question but yeah because there's no (laughs) why why is your principal different now why is it why is the teacher across the hall different like people move on and grow and do other things i think so we support that 100 percent. i was gonna say there's no way to answer it because I was just sitting here thinking through a lot of the people that they might be talking about. And literally every single person, there was a different reason. It was, yeah. Ooh, I, you know, just want to be back in the classroom and kind of do that. Or right. I want to mm-hmm. move on and do something totally different. I'm leaving, you know, like it's just been literally every reason. Um, and you know, that's okay. I mean, I, I did beg Amy Lemons to come back. I, to, I I did beg her, Chris. I did. No, um, I, I mean, I have. Like, I there are certain people I'm like, please. And, you know, for Amy specifically, she's like, Hope, listen, I'm in a different season of life right now. She's like, both of my kids are heavily involved in sports. Like, literally, they have sporting events every night and every weekend, all weekend long. And for Amy, she's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not missing those. Not missing like, that. I'm not missing right. a game. I'm not missing, you know. And for some people, you know, it might be like, okay, I'm fine to miss a weekend mm-hmm. here or there. Mm-hmm. But for Amy, it's like, I'm showing up. I'm there. She's the, I've been to the game. She's the loudest cheerleader on the sidelines. Like, she does not just sit at these games. Like, she is all about it. She's supportive you know her kids 100% and for her that's what's the priority and number two she's like hope if I'm just being honest with you I just don't love presenting it goes to support the fact that just because you're a phenomenal educator and highly effective teacher doesn't mean that presenting is for you and she just truly does not that is not what she but she she is so good at it not saying she's she's not good at it like she is so good good. but She's very, she's very introverted that way. Yeah. Um, but and she I, loves making resources. But, but also, I mean, just going back to what everyone's already said, like, I mean, it's, we, we know that we can call on these people at any time for advice, for help, and yeah. put it out there, just like you have Amy. I mean, we, we had uh, Minnie Get Your Teach on mm-hmm. in uh, West Memphis, and we needed a, a K-1 math person, and we were like, hey, Kara Carroll, would you like to come? 
we she hasn't presented in a while. She's like, sure, I'll be right there. And so they're still involved. They're still our Get Your Teach On family, and we're there to support them and whatever they do. It's just yeah, just like but you said. I mean, it depends on the content and what they're now doing. That she pours into, it, and that's what Killing fuels it. her soul, and that makes her so happy. And that's ultimately what's most important to us because yes, these people do become. We do get so close with these people and working through Get Your Teach On. At the end of the day, we want what what makes them happy. We yeah. want what is best for them and what makes them happy. And if that is not get your teach on and they want to move on and do other things or they're just overwhelmed or exhausted or say, or, yeah. hey, my mental health is not in check. I need to take a break and step away. But like we fully will always support the human over the conference. Like that, and that's, that what, I, just that's what I was going to say. Get your teach on. It may seem like, oh, it's just this conference. It is a huge commitment and sacrifice yes. getting ready for an event where you're about to present to thousands of educators on content, right? One, it's nerve-wracking every time, no matter how long you've done it. You want to make sure you are on your A-game, updating sessions, even if you've done the session before. Every single time is different because you want to be the best possible experience for those teachers. And yeah. it is a commitment and sacrifice leading up to it, the weekend of it, after it. It is a lot with resources in that. And not everyone has the capacity at that time, or like Hope said, the mental health. They want to take a break to just focus on other things. Like it is, it is a time commitment. So that's why we appreciate... Um, our team so much and everything that they do for the conference and for teachers but that's not everyone doesn't want to do that all the time and some people want to go to different lanes and try other areas of their life and that's mm -hmm. totally fine yeah so i mean i think we hit all of the questions that were primarily asked and I mean, you know, when I asked Lanisha and Chris to come on and do this podcast, they're like, sure. I mean, because these are things that we are obviously discuss all the time, things that are very important to us, something that are part of the thought process. So it wasn't like out of left field for us to really think about, you know, what we wanted to communicate to the community, because these are literally things on our radar all the time that we're constantly discussing um, to, again, create an experience that that is for educators to celebrate, to support, to uplift, to encourage. Um, but to equip as well. And so um, thank you to Lanisha and Chris for just sharing y'all's heart and soul, but also like Wade said at the beginning, thank you for what you give to this community because this conference is, no, we can all attest to it, it is no longer about one individual. This is, yeah. it, it takes everyone to make GYTO the experience that it is. So um, thank y'all for pouring in and sharing your hearts, but I wanna know, I wanna end on something fun. What are you most excited about um, for our 2022 national conference this summer in Orlando. What is the thing you're looking forward to the most? I mean, all these costumes I've got coming in left and right. <laughs> Listen, Lanisha is the, co when she started Costume out, queen. When are she started you? out, she was like, uh, listen, that is not me. Like, I don't get in. She's like, uh-uh. Like, if that's what y'all are needing me to do, that is not from. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you, I love a good costume. Doesn't mean that you have to. That's not what makes an effective teacher. Now I cannot even keep up yeah. with her. Welcome. We get welcome, Lanisha Tab. You, you, I can't even keep up with her. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to introduce her. We're going to introduce her this year. Welcome, Lanisha Tab, to get your teach on education with a costume <laughs> yeah that's gonna be your new title yeah, <laughs> for sure no seriously though like just i'm excited about just the way the conference is laid out this year is phenomenal just the even just planning because i'm doing like four different sessions 
and the interconnectivity between all of the sessions has been beautiful to meet with Juan to do our reading session. And I can say, oh, we don't have to go into that because Naomi and I are going to cover that in our session. And like, mm-hmm. just the way they're all mm-hmm. super connected is a very, very exciting. I really think a teacher will walk away from this national experience like, okay, I still may not be able to do everything, but I at least understand how everything fits together and I can figure out how to get in there, make that work and then add on pieces, you know, as I have the capacity I truly feel like people are going to walk away feeling like that this year. Yeah. Chris, what are I you mean, most excited about? I have a bunch of things. Because um, we know you don't have the opening number plan, so we're still waiting yeah. on I'm that magic. Like, Mario Lopez, shirtless, started off. Let me know in the comments if anyone's he down for that. He went there. He went there. It's fine. What is it, what is this? Is this podcast have a rating? Is there ratings on podcasts? What is it? I just probably so. We just went downhill real fast. Okay, it's totally fine. Um, well, right now I'm excited for our kickoff at the Gaylord at the end of this month. Um, we're going live with a live studio audience. It's going to be virtual. We're giving out um, over eighteen thousand dollars of prizes. We're going to kick things off. So I'm very excited about that event. Um, and that's a free event. That's a free event in Orlando. That's a free event. Um, I'm excited about the kickoff, but for the actual conference, um, I'm excited for everything. But lead on, uh, we've worked really hard as a lead on team to be intentional about what lead on looks like and match it to what teachers are experiencing. And we have the most administrators ever. um, And I think that goes like almost 500 administrators right now, which is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And I think that goes to um, the lead on team and just the content and how intentional they've been about creating all of that and I'm so excited for all those administrators who are then going to be able to take all that back to implement that campus-wide um so I'm stoked about that yeah I'm so excited about all of those things it's just going to be I feel like the keynotes are going to be that's another thing that we had meeting on meeting over meeting on meeting over I'm very excited about the general Uh, session yeah uh just I mean I think that's going to be Incredible. I'm excited you're about excited being able to pass that last way. Is that what you Uh huh. <laughs> my mom is. She's like, oh, do I get a front row oh, seat to that is, keynote? <laughs> we, we're going to have to put our moms in the front row and like, have someone watching them. But, but I'm most excited about presenting with my good buddy, Chris Pombano, again. I know. And the boys are back. Say that. Where did my tissues go? Oh, I got you my tissues again. <laughs> the boys Gosh. are back. The boys Gosh. are back. I yeah, just it's... submitted our session materials, so you're welcome. Oh, man. All right, you guys. Well, Lanisha is yawning. It is very late our time. I don't know when they're going to be listening to this podcast, but um, thank you guys again because we know this is a commitment away from your family and your rest time. Um, But we are so excited to see both of y'all this summer. Isn't that crazy that the next time we see each other, it's going to be National Conference, which is wild. Um, But we cannot wait to see y'all this summer. So thank you guys so much for joining the podcast, and we'll see y'all soon. Thank you. Bye. All right, you guys, that wraps up another podcast episode. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation, just a deep dive into Get Your Teach On 101, the background of the conference, how we operate, how we choose content, all of the things. If you just had some questions and you were interested in joining us for a conference, we wanted to be able to um, provide some some insight, some background to that for you guys. I know we talked a lot about how we developed content for this summer's national conference. So if you would like to join us in Orlando for our summer conference, June 26th to the 29th, just visit getyourteachon.com. You can see all of the conference guides for your specific grade level, every session that is going to be covered, um, as well as the keynotes and what we are going to be covering in the general sessions as well. We would love to see you there. It is truly, truly an incredible experience. And so we would love to have you as a part, but 
until next time, we hope you have an amazing week and we will see you for another episode next Monday. Bye everybody.